Welcome to Crossroad Church's Sermon of the Week podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Bob Ellis. Normally, I won't jump into the book of Acts until around 40 days. I try to somewhat stay, at least in these couple months, in the liturgical calendar, uh, maybe not following exactly what every... Um, or a lot of churches will preach on, but at least stay in the general area of what's happening. So after 40 days, Jesus was with his disciples, and then, and then Pentecost, and then you have more of passages on the church. And we'll, and we'll look at uh, next month, we'll jump into the blueprint of the church, and we'll look more at the book of Acts. So I don't normally jump right in after Easter in Acts chapter 1, but there was a passage there that, that caught my eye, and I wanted us to read it uh, this morning, and then And kind of break that down. The scripture says, and this, by the way, is Luke writing. Uh, He says, In my first book I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach. Until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. And during the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, And he proved to them in many ways he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. And so Luke writing here, and and he refers to in both the book of Luke and the book of Acts here to Theophilus. And he's writing to him and he's giving this orderly breakdown of what's happening. He mentions something that, that I think is important for us to look at is what happens after the resurrection and during those 40 days? What was the purpose of the 40 days? What was Jesus up to during those 40 days? And, and many of us will probably remember the accounts that he appeared to some of his disciples, and, and uh, sometimes they were all present, sometimes there were very few. Last week we even looked at how, how there were 500, Paul mentions in Corinthians, that were 500 gathered at one time. And so people were seeing Jesus People were, 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 were also understanding with their own eyes. But it says here that he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. Now, I find that interesting because I don't have to prove to you this morning that I'm alive. I mean, I'm, just my mere presence here indicates that, that I am still in this earthly body. And so some of that might have to do with the fact that he, he's, he's looking different. The last images maybe they had of Jesus was this badly disfigured and scarred Jesus. Um, maybe they just sometimes couldn't believe their own eyes. Have you ever seen something? You say, I can't believe it. You see it, but you're like, I don't know if I really believe what I'm seeing. And, and maybe there was some of that going on. But he is proving to them that he is actually alive during this 40 days. But then the very last part of that verse is really where I want to center our thoughts on this morning. And it's, he says, and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Now, this is probably a series in itself or a whole season or a whole year in itself of sermons. And so I'm not going to get into all of that. Um, But I want us to look at really what it means, the kingdom of God. Remember, everything that you and I have read in Scripture is post-resurrection. Everything. For the disciples, everything that was recorded was, pre, was pre, 
death and resurrection. And so when Jesus would talk about the kingdom of God, it didn't always make sense at the time. And he talks about either the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And depending on which gospel witness is writing, they'll interchange those two phrases, kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven. And I started asking myself, well, what is the kingdom of God? At least from our point of view, looking back, trying to understand, what did he mean when he was, it says he's talking to them about the kingdom of God. And so I thought I would just look and see what, just a broad spectrum of theologians thought about what this meant, or the kingdom of God. And I don't care if it was, it was Wesley or Luther or Calvin or some of the, the, the newer ones that I'm fathering, Witherington and Keener and some of the Stott, um, a lot of them, they described it maybe in little different ways, but they, they said the same thing. And, and here's kind of the essence of what they're saying. And I put it in that first blank for you to fill in. The kingdom of God is both present reality and future hope. And that's how they describe it. And, and they would say that until Jesus comes back as, as the groom and the church, the bride, and there's this marriage, and that marriage is consummated, there is still a future hope. But we're living in a present reality of the kingdom of God. In fact, in other places, Jesus would say the kingdom of God is now among you. And, and, and yet it wasn't necessarily all of the kingdom of God that we're thinking about. And so we've got to reconcile a little bit that the kingdom of God, when Jesus would teach, had to do with present reality and future hope. Somehow we've got to kind of sort through that. When, when he's talking about the kingdom of God, it could be now what we're experiencing, because the kingdom of God came to us now and was meant for now, but it's also meant for later. And so when you think about that, you think, oh, I think I can get my arms wrapped around that, but I'm not sure. Well, Jesus says, if you're not really sure how to understand the kingdom of God, let me give you the best way to understand it. Or at least I think this is one of the best ways. And he, he says it like this. He says it in Matthew chapter 18. He says, about that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. And then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. In another passage in Matthew, he, the, the disciples, you remember when, when the adults wanted to have Jesus bless them and and the disciples said, no, he's too busy doing adult things. And Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of God. And so, in, in, at least in these two references, Jesus makes a point to say, if you want to understand the kingdom of God, we need to simplify it as that of a child. And so, I, I was just thinking a little bit about how children in general react. And so, I've got a picture here I want to, I want to show you. And, um, and it's a picture of a coloring craft. And I'll give, I threw it in at the last minute, but Chris is going to find it, hopefully. <laughs> okay, so imagine, if you will, this craft had no colors on it. You've got you to work a little bit with me here on that, because I didn't get the pre-craft. I couldn't find the pre-craft. Um, so occasionally, from time to time here in the preschool, they'll, they'll say, we need, a, we need a restroom breaker. I got a kid that's got a bloody nose. Or I got a kid that needs to be 
escorted to the office. Can somebody stand into my class? And anyway, Friday was one of those days they needed help in the threes. It wasn't five minutes. Thankfully, it was no more than five minutes. I was able to survive five minutes. But I, I, was, I was in the threes room, and I walked in, and they're coloring. I thought, oh, I can handle this. Pulled up a little green chair. That was the hardest part, I thought, really, of is getting down in that little chair and getting up. But I sat there beside him. I thought, oh, this is going to be easy. They're going to color for five minutes. The teacher's going to come back, and, you know, it'll be great. And as I'm sitting there, the kids start coming over to me. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And, and one little girl came over to me, and, and her coloring craft had no colors on it. I'm like, well, there's really not much to think about this. This is, uh, this is how we printed it out, you know. But she's like, she just stared at me. And I don't know if she even said, what do you think? But she just held it up. And I'm like, we're missing a lot of stuff here. So I said, go back and color the first flower, which would be the flower on your right. And so she came back with that little design with a little bit of purple and maybe red or orange in the background. And I said, why don't you go back and, and color the other flower green? I thought, no, that's probably for the, the, the stem. So I said, blue. So she changed it to blue. Then she went, she went, sat down, came back, and still had a bunch of things not colored. I said, why don't you color the last one red? So she colored it red and came back and showed me. And I said, well, maybe you ought to color your bumblebee yellow. So she colored her bumblebee yellow. And showed me. And I said, why don't you go back and color the wings black? She did that. And then she came back and there was still a bumblebee that needed to be colored. I'm like, why don't you? So we kind of made some advancement. I said, why don't you color the second bumblebee just like you colored the first one? And we, I mean, finally, we got this thing colored, at least mostly colored. Um, but she was looking for directions. She just was looking for directions. I will say she doesn't always follow directions very well, <laughs> and we got a few of those. Uh, maybe we are a few of those. And when I started kind of walking her through step by step, she seemed to get it. Now, I'll have to admit the boys are a lot easier because they just took a purple crayon and they just colored the whole thing purple. And I'm like, there you go. That's my kind of kid, right? Um, but the, the girl just wanted instructions, she just wanted a step-by-step. Step. Well, Jesus had talked about the kingdom of God, and he had made this reference to the fact that if you want to understand the kingdom of God, you have to receive it as a child. Then he gets crucified. Then he is raised from the dead, and he spends 40 days hanging out with his disciples. And what does he talk about? Well, he talks about really the same central theme that he talked about for three and a half years, and that's the kingdom of God. But now what they think is different what they thought before. Because now they're seeing that this new present reality includes a resurrection. Before he kind of made allusions to this, he referred to, to this, but now they could see something different Jesus says, if you and I are going to understand the kingdom of God, we're going to have to have him walk us through it step by step by step. And, and, and it might not seem that we've got it all figured out, and that's okay. But he says, if you want to understand the kingdom of God, think of it like a child. So I thought, well, how would a child think of the kingdom of God? And here in this passage, Jesus says, he says, unless you turn from your sins. And, and, and the Greek word here is strephal, and it means unless you change, 
Unless you change, you're not going to understand the kingdom of God. Unless there's a change that's taking place in you, the kingdom of God is going to be like a lot of other theoretical or ideological ideas. Unless change takes place, spiritual and then also uh, attitude change, heart change, then you're not going to understand the kingdom of God. And, and what's great about a child is you, you tell a child, I need you to do this, I need you to do that, and, and, and yes, they rebel. They do. And it's not as if kids don't throw tantrums. He says you can understand the kingdom of God and still not understand it. You can still even say why. Don't kids say why a lot? They do. And why is okay. But he says if you want to understand the kingdom of God, you've got to change. And I've got to change. And that change takes place and we'll spend more time talking about the Holy Spirit in the, in, in the blueprint of the church in, in next month. But if there is, if the Holy Spirit does not come inside of us, then no change can take place. And, and when you think about the kingdom of God, it's about change. It's not about going through religious checks and say, okay, I did this, I did that. Jesus said the kingdom of God is different than what you thought. In fact, even the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4, she says, well, our fathers worshiped on this mountain, and your fathers worship on that mountain, and which is it? And Jesus says, the true worshipers are going to worship me differently. They're going to have to change, and we're going to have to change. But he says, if you want to experience the kingdom of God and understand the kingdom of God, experience it like a child. Be willing to change. Corinthians says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. This is the change that takes place. This is what he has asked of us. And so I'm thinking about the disciples. Now what do they think after seeing Jesus and trying to connect the dots of what he talked about, the kingdom of God? Then their, their eyes have been opened to a new reality. This new reality that the kingdom of God is different. It's not the same. The Bible also says in Mark chapter 11, verse 45, Jesus explains more about the kingdom of God. And he says, But the man went and spread the word, proclaiming to everyone what had happened. And as a result, large crowds soon surrounded Jesus, and he couldn't publicly enter a town anywhere. The context of that verse is he heals someone of leprosy. And this person is so excited, he goes and he tells them, In fact, Jesus says, Don't tell anybody. Don't, and, and I always thought that was kind of interesting. You came here for that reason, but yet you told people not to tell. He knew they were going to tell because he was God. But what ended up happening was because the crowds were so great, he couldn't go into towns anymore. He had to, he had to minister off to the sides and out, outside of some of these public places because of the fanfare. But what I want you to get here is when the kingdom of God invades our present reality, something happens. And it's infectious. It's contagious. It's to be shared. And it's to be shared freely. Kingdom talk is about change. And kingdom talk is, about, is, is infectious. When you talk to a child about something, they get excited. They get excited and they really don't think through what it all means. I think sometimes we think about what will other people think. 
what's mom and dad going to think? Or what's my friend, what are my friends going to think? Or what about this neighbor that just moved in next to me? What are they going to think if, if I'm infectious with kingdom talk? How are they going to respond? Are, are they going to judge me? Are they going to tell me, no, you, you shouldn't talk like that. You should like football. See, Jesus says kingdom talk is infectious, but it's also not with all these restrictions. You're telling what you've experienced like the person in the Bible that was healed by Jesus. You're just telling what you've experienced. Now, if your present reality has no experiences, then, then there's a problem. The present reality of walking with Jesus, there should be change in our lives. We should be seeing these infectious things to talk about. And, and we should let it out. Peter says this. All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we've been born again. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, now we live with great expectation. See, with Jesus in the resurrection, Peter is now, this is post-resurrection Peter. This is not pre-resurrection Peter. Post-resurrection Peter says, we have this expectation, we have this hope now that we didn't have before because of the resurrection. See, kingdom talk is hopeful. It's joyful. The disciples thought about the kingdom of God differently after the resurrection. I'm going to ask if you just bow your heads and think about how you receive Jesus. How do you receive him now daily? What does he want to say to you? Maybe there's something he wants you to change. And I know as we get older, change is harder. But maybe there's still something he wants you to embrace. Are you as infectious with your talk about Jesus now as you were when you first got saved? Are you as hopeful? Jesus spent 40 days talking to them about the kingdom of God. Would the kingdom of God be what we think about now? For more information about this podcast and other ministries, visit crossroadstx.church. Thank you.